Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesars Rewards. You must be 21 or older. Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network, brought to you by Omaha. Omaha Audio, Cousin Sal, coming to you on a Tuesday morning, spaghetti and meatballs, fiddling with the knobs, babyface. Joel Solomon is producing this disaster of a show, and joining me, as always, my dear, dear pals, Dave Damashek. Martin Weiss, you know, we got to talking about Moonstruck and Pulp Fiction and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it, it, for a minute, for a minute, check, it got my mind away from uh, the Cowboys disaster. Now, one day removed from the Cowboys. I was thinking, is the day after the Cowboys are eliminated most sports fans favorite day of the year? It really does seem to be that way, because I find myself just defending um personnel and players that I'm not even sure I believe in anymore, but, but it really is a delightful day for most. I think. I I think it's weird. First of all, I it's before you even mentioned our movie conversation. Yes. An intentional attempt to distract you from the raw pain you you and Cowboys fans are going through. I can hear it in your voice though. I've known you a long time and you're soldiering on and there's something to be said for that. You're, you're like Mahomes. On a high ankle Ooh. sprain. You you ain't at a hundred percent, but you're toughing it out and we respect that. Yeah. Um yes. I don't Stay know why I, I always somewhere. yeah. I poo-poo when your guy Romo or anyone else is like, hey, most pressure packed position in sports is quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Like you could just end that after quarterback of any pro football team, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the digital age and everything else, everybody's got pressure on them, but Maybe there is something to it that the Cowboys are more hated, which surprises me since they haven't done anything in 30 years. Yeah, of course. Dak Prescott shouldn't be a huge. We shouldn't be put put him under the microscope as much as we do. Right? There's three good quarterbacks in the league, and then he's second or third tier. Like, what? 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 What are we going crazy for here, Martin? And by the way, I don't blame Dak or Mahar or Zeke or Jerry Jones. I blame Martin for picking my team and jinxing them. Thanks again. <laughs> hey, look. I mean, partly. Everybody wants to talk about that once that one pass where he missed T.Y. Hilton kind of open and they're in a cover two and T.Y. Hilton is running down the other scene. But what strikes me about it is, all right, all I've seen on the Internet is, oh, Dak is just Kirk Cousins with the Southern accent and, you know, better, better marketing. Right. But Kirk Cousins has Justin Jefferson and. I'd be hard-pressed to imagine that Fred Warner is keeping up with Justin Jefferson down the seam the same way he was keeping up with C.D. Lamb down the stretch. Like, all right, Dak may not be a top-tier quarterback. He may not be a top-one guy. But if Tony Pollard— definitely not top-one. You know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. You know what I mean. But if Uh Tony Pollard is your Jenga piece, as they would say offensively, Mm -hmm. you don't have a very good offense. No, like— you don't have a lot of good skill players then. Well, like, listen, where's the I, other guy besides yeah. C.D. Lamb who's winning in man coverage on a regular they lost basis? An underrated piece, and I think you're saying it without saying it, is they chose Gallup over uh, Cooper, and that was that was bad, right? Yeah, I mean, C.D. Lamb, what, what, right? Whether you want to call him a one or maybe he became a one is is, is one thing, but Cooper as the second option would have been great. Yes, Pollard not breaking his foot would have been great. Um, if we had trusted in Maher a little more, 
they would have kicked the field goal instead of going for it and uh and and throwing that interception and Pollard getting hurt on a disastrous drive, which really buried them, Sheck. But I will say this about Dak. This was a bad year for him. And it's coming off a year where he had four weeks of injury, right? So he had 23 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. You look back at his full years, none of them are like this. 37 and 10, 30 and 11, 22 and 8, 23 and 4. This was this is the anomaly, I think. Um, I'm not ready to bury him, and I think we have to move on with it. I don't think there's any other choice, but uh, the Dak Prescott hatred it really just exploded in 24 hours. You know what everybody's in on now, and I'm not the only person to have pointed at it 10 years ago, but I feel like maybe I was a trailblazer in this regard. I didn't, uh, in, in retrospect, because now everybody's in on like franchise QB, you got to have, but you need him on his rookie deal. Dak Prescott making $50 million, perhaps is why those skill positions that Martin mentioned aren't as fleshed out as maybe the Niners are or otherwise. Maybe there's something to that. Yes, I don't want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys too much. I hear you, the focus on Dak, because the larger conversation is projecting ahead. And, oh, we got to get into that one too, whether it's today or later in the week. The conversation looking ahead is, is Burrow now on par with Mahomes? Are both better than Allen? And people want to tie themselves into the knot in the knots, including our guy Jeff Schwartz. Like, this is ridiculous. Patrick Mahomes is obviously better than Joe Burrow, no matter what happens in this upcoming game. I don't think so. That's not how it's going to be remembered. That I, I people don't think love so. to people love to take overcomplicate the very simple, and and I understand it's a simplification simplification of who has the most Lombardis. But that's how it's remembered. And you don't have to like it. That's the way it's going to go down. And if Burrow beats Mahomes again in Arrowhead again for the second straight year, there will be a lot of buzz and it will be richly deserved for Joe Burrow, no matter what the state of Patrick Mahomes' ankle is. I also want to talk right about there. Brett Maher, though. Hold I want to talk about well, Brett Hold up. Go I know, but this is what you do. You list 13 things, and I want to talk about seven of them, and then I'm lost. So. <laughs> Why don't you pick four? Dave a great and we'll, game, man. And we'll jump in there. take notes as Dave goes. Talk about Brett Maher. We'll, we'll, Brett Maher. We'll, we'll, I want to uh, talk about the QB thing to project ahead, but I do think the yeah. Dak, to your point about Dak getting a lot of the heat, and then so is Mike McCarthy. And the Maher thing, it's like we kind of have accepted that or it was baked in in advance of the game. This might be a problem. But to me, he deserves way more blame than what he's gotten coming out of, of course. this one. If he makes that extra point and it's seven and it's seven, mm-hmm. not six. And then on fourth and four on the Niner side of the field, they line up and they pretend like they might go for it to try and draw an offsides or whatever. But under normal circumstances over the course of the 2022 regular season, Maher kicks and they don't bat an eye and he makes that field goal most of the time. The game is entirely warped from how the Cowboys approach it from that from that extra point that obviously wouldn't have been good yeah. even if the Niners didn't get. That informed everything they did from then on and it negatively well, what about and the whole obviously week impacted up. them. The, the fact yeah. that the owner has to come up on the street, uh, on the field and talk to him. I Listen, I, I felt bad for him too, um, but at some point it's like, this is not a guy who got in a car accident. It's like a paraplegic and they have no choice but to still make him kick. Like we felt bad for him. It's like, he's just got some like uh, emotional uh, weird disconnect now with the game. Why should we, and now we're going to like, oh, I feel bad. I feel bad. It's like, yeah, okay, but. He really is screwing with the game plan. He's screwing with a winnable game. And 
especially in a game that you know is going to be close at best for the Cowboys. And now the running back is out and you can't count on the kicker, Martin. I do feel like there was, I, I don't know, all the crap that Dak is getting. Uh, Maher got a lot of like even praise for kicking a field goal. A That's, 25 yard that field was my goal. thing, Sal. I'm yeah. like, at the end of the game, the takeaway was, well, the kicker situation got figured out. And I was like, wait, when? When exactly did the kicker situation get figured out? Because he would have hit an unsuspecting fan in the first row if he didn't hit whatever 49er blocked that that first extra right. point. So like that, and, and to the point of, yes, it was moving over the broadcast, I mean, the, over the game the entire time, even though the broadcast wasn't really talking about it. So you had to know anytime they crossed the 50, they used to have the guy who set the franchise record for 50-yard field goals. Right. I mean, you would like to think that's a pretty good feeling. If you cross your own 35, you're going to walk away with three points. Well, guess what? That situation is now plucked out of thin air. That's gone now. Well, we talked about like how much quarterbacks are worth to the spread. Let's just get, look at it through a gambling lens, you know, like Dak versus Cooper Rush, I think was like a four or five point difference. You get a kicker who just doesn't have a chance to make it. That's also four or five points. That's as big as your backup it's quarterback huge. play it's huge. right there. Yeah. It's so. big time. Like, and we don't ever, I think because football coaches don't value kickers very much. If you think about it, like there's no like kicking coach on most teams and most, most like even like, when yeah, you see the guys teams. on TV, yeah. they're just kind of like, you know what? Hey, man, look, if you don't kick it right, we'll just go find another kicker. Like, there's no, like, we're going to get this guy back in the fold and figure him out. They're just seemingly discarded. And and re- But the thing is – Check, I know, mentioned this last week. Sorry, Mark. But uh, when, you know, Tampa fired their whole staff, basically, a bunch of, like, seven or eight coaches. Chris Boniel was one of the kickers. And that would have what a great football story that would have been if the Cowboys pick up. I think he's our age, like 51 year old Chris Boniel. He starts for the Cow. The Cowboys eliminate the Bucks, get this guy fired. They sign him off the street, and he becomes the hero. But that didn't. Nothing close to that happened, so it didn't matter. No, indeed, no. That that's not the way it went. Um, yeah, it's funny because now I'm thinking about uh, Billy Cundiff and how often in the 21st century, uh, forgive me. But Romo dropping that snap in oh, Seattle, like there are not very many examples of a kicker of the kicking game getting sideways to the point that it costs you a season. I think you could really kind of make a case that, you know, but 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 I also think that 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 was the number one culprit for that loss was Brett Maher. That said, when you're making fifty million. Dak's mm-hmm. got to be better in that spot than he was. I I, I don't think anybody's I debating agree. that part. I just think that no. he's getting all the heat as opposed to it's like, right. Well, the kicker sucked and they, that did put him in some tough spots there. The rest of the way from that extra point on, you knew things were going to be screwy. And listen, he didn't have a great game. He didn't have a good game. Um, it would have been a terrible game if it was a pick six in there, which could have been, you know, it could have been 26, 12. It would have been his third interception, but I still don't give him all. I, I I don't think the stars were aligned. I also think the best four teams are in, in the final four here in the conference championships. I really do. Um, yeah. let, let's discuss this, though. The huge, huge line swing. You talk about Romo. Took a lot of crap this week. Uh, I don't know why this week more than others, really. I, I, I thought he did a fine job, and I know I'm biased. But one thing he did say is he was semi-concerned with the possibility of Mahomes starting, and everybody got in his case. Like, he's starting, Tony. Don't worry about it. Even our guy, 
you know, he, he, oh, the Schwartz brothers went after him. I love those guys. But I don't know. I kind of think it's a quarterback thing. You see a way a guy is moving a fellow quarterback, and you're like, this is a three- or four-week injury that he's going to try to get it together and play. I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes, of course, this week. And the Bengals are favored by two now, Martin. Two in Kansas City. I mean, this this is really screwing with me because I'm supposed to be betting on the Bengals and the points in this game because the Bengals should be underdogs right? because the market should be undervaluing a team that's gone into Arrowhead and are beating them in Cincinnati, beating them in Kansas City. So, I mean, the Bengals, at this point, they should be the favorite. Like, the idea that it's like, oh, my God, how is Kansas City the favorite? I mean, how is Kansas City the underdog? It's like, I don't know, maybe because they can't beat this team. Like, maybe they got to beat them first, right? Like, because if Joe Burrow is the quarterback for the Bengals, I got news, Kansas City ain't won yet. It's kind yeah. of very similar to me, like the thing with Buffalo, where it's like everybody's like, oh, Buffalo's prohibitive favor, prohibitive. Like, why? Why? Well, like, and yeah, I, well, look, but it makes more uh, sense for Kansas City because they got Patrick Mahomes. But the guy with Patrick Mahomes being hurt, of course they just that should be the favorite. Shaq, you and Nick Costos went over it, and he went over the line and what it should have been. It should have been an automatic with a healthy Mahomes three. I know the Bengals have their number, but just being home and home field advantage and everything else, that's where you would start with that. If you ever want to wonder who has the best sources in the NFL, it's Vegas and it's the sports books. More than Schefter, more than Rappaport, because as soon as that line came out as Chiefs minus one and a half and not three, you're like, "Uh uh-oh. They know something's wrong with Mahomes, something worse than is being reported than a high ankle sprain. It's it, it's so high, I think it's gotten to his neck, actually, the ankle sprain. I think that's going to be – I think we're going to see him in crutches Wednesday, and he's going to try to make a go of it, check. But so now Bengals favored by two. And I, I pose the question, at what point, what percent – how much effectiveness of Mahomes do you need before you turn to Henny? Is it 50%? Is it less? People are getting mad. Chiefs fans get really mad if you even bring this up at all. It feels like if he even wakes up in the morning on Sunday, he's playing and nobody cares about anything else. I can't imagine the scenario outside of Mahomes himself declaring, I, you know what, I'm hurting the team, that there would be any situation. I mean, if they're down four touchdowns at the half, I don't think Andy Reid would be like, you know what, for the good of this team right now, let's go to Henny. There would be no situation where you would think that that would be the case, right? So only 15 can remove 15 from the equation. You're mm-hmm. right. You mentioned Costos on minus three on Monday. He was gangbusters as usual. Um, explaining that line, What the, the explanation that, I'm not clear on, and I I defer to you, obviously, is um, that's all just public money tugging that line that far in 24 hours like that? No. I didn't think so either, but that's the explanation I've gotten from a couple people now is that, oh, no, that's early money because everybody now is in on the Bengals and think they're better. But by the way, even if Mahomes is 100%, I don't know if this counts as a hot take, as I've made clear, mini-era head-to-head matchups matter. The Bengals have proven they own the Chiefs. So I would be taking the, the, the Bengals on the money line, no matter what the number is, yeah. um, in favor of the Chiefs. But now this, I mean, I'm well, pretty strongly in on Cincy at this point. Well, this is what's interesting, Martin. Everybody's in on Cincy. Find somebody other than, uh, you know, Mark Gunnels and and Jeff Schwartz, who who like the Chiefs to win this game at this point. I, I like you, Martin, wanted the Bengals to get at least a point and a half and the Niners to get a couple of points, and then you could tease the two underdogs. Like, ah, oh, 
let's let's get the popcorn. This is going to be fun. I got a touchdown going my way in both games. But can we find anyone who likes the Chiefs at this point at, at a two point spread? Like, when do you ever see a two point spread? The team's home and nobody likes the home team. I mean, it's, it is not great. I mean, especially I mean, I, I was able actually to get that teaser in because I got it right as it dropped. Because yeah. I it went, but um, the tough part about this is it's like it's just welcome to the party, everybody. I've been on this team for the last two years. All they do is win in the playoffs. Like, welcome. I told everybody three or four, like, you know, week 10 or so, this team was going on a run. This team was going mm-hmm. on a run. If you got your futures in then, then you're probably sitting here trying to figure out how to hedge like I am because I have the Bengals to win the AFC Championship tied up in a few different things. Well, wait so, a minute. What did you pick when we went like a month ago? You had Dallas against Cincinnati? Was that your Super Bowl? No, 49ers against Cincinnati. Oh, okay. I know you had my team going for All right. I also had 49ers no, Cincinnati. I, have, I had well, – the thing was my caveat was the winner of Dallas and 49ers was going to yeah, be the yeah, NFC yeah. representative. So, yeah. hey, I don't know. I guess playing two sides against the middle. But, the, you know, I did have that singular Cowboys ticket. But right. I've been on the 49ers since the start of the season, and I switched to the Bengals after they figured, like, went three and three or whatever, three and four. But, yeah, I, I say just in terms of this one, Offensively, even with the healthy Mahomes, like Kansas City does not have the weapons. Like, if 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 Travis Kelsey doesn't set a receptions record in that game, like do they do they win? Like, like, do they win? If like I put it like this, if Travis Kelsey's the guy that gets hurt, it like also also gets hurt, maybe midway through that 98-yard Chad Henney drive. Are we talking about Trevor Lawrence in the AFC Championship? I, I said this exact thing. I said uh, Mahomes and Henny. Henny getting all that praise for that 98-yard drive when he was responsible for 23 yards of it. And seven of it was like a, a throw short of the sticks that Kelsey had to break two tackles to, to keep the drive going on third down. Uh, I, I think Burrow should get a, a ton of credit. I think Kelsey should get a ton of credit. Um, and then everybody else is, is secondary. Uh, Shaq, you had the Chiefs and Eagles, right, to make the Super Bowl? That's still alive. Yeah, I yeah, I just went with the two one seeds, but now yeah. the Chiefs. You know, when you make Mahomes borderline mortal, as he now is rendered, I know this is this sounds very simplistic, probably because it is. But I, you know, I was way off on the Chiefs this year. I thought they were going to fall back a little bit. They were willing to make the the philosophical adjustment away from Tyreek Hill again because Mahomes is mm. now into that place of making more bank and you have to modify how much you're going to pay his pass catchers in that circumstance. I think now though, this is uh, part of my prediction for the for the Bungles going to the Super Bowl again, which really would be remarkable and un- just about unprecedented in the 21st century to lose in the Super Bowl and then ba- bounce back yeah. to this degree. Um, but, you know, this is the game, I think, where they miss Tyreek Hill. He can't move. He can't bounce out of the pocket or anything like that. You know, I know people I think people overstate the like, well, you can't stand in the pocket for that long if there's a pass rush bearing down on you. It doesn't take that long for Patrick Mahomes to get the ball, wait for wait for Tyreek Hill to run the streak and just throw it over everybody's head. He doesn't have that option now. So is MVS going to be that guy? I doubt it. I think that also, you saw what they're doing now, the Chiefs, what they've done all season. Basically, they've they've given up on the deep shots and instead matriculate down the ball, you know, 15 yards at a clip. 
the Bengals know what's coming, especially now with Mahomes hobbled. I think the defense is playing good for Cincy. I think they now know the football gods gave him a great favor because Mahomes is going to be limited based on what we're typically used to seeing from 15. Yeah, no, of course. And but it doesn't doesn't seem I, I don't know how. Again, I sound like, a, you know, a guy who just never watched football when I say, how is Kelsey open so much all the time when he's really going to be the just as you explained it? He's going to be the go-to, right? And when Mahomes can't take off, right? As long as he can get open over that middle, over that first uh, first area there of uh, defenders, that it's going to be him and fourteen. I mean, he averages. I think he's the best of all time in the playoff. In the playoffs, at least for a tight end, averages over 108 yards a game. I think Gronk only had that over 100 yards in a playoff game once. I get it. Gronk's a better blocking. Tight end. I don't know. They're they're one and two right there. I really do, don't think anyone else is in the conversation. But um, but yeah, no, that, that's the go to. <laughs> Eighty two. Uh, yeah, he's uh he's the guy. Could be him. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what hurts them. I know Mahomes is not going to be able to take off on third and seven. So that's a bonus for the Bengals. Also, they play so tough. They play. I was talking about this. Just throw all those AFC North games out of the way because no offense is going to look good in those games Shaq. And I know you're going to, you're shaking your head. Like you've been saying this for years and maybe you have, but throw that out of there. That's why I gave Burrow a pass. By the way, it wasn't bad against the Ravens. They just didn't have the ball. I think they had like nine drives or something crazy. Um, that's why I gave him a pass. The, the key is, can you survive those intense, those physical matchups physically? to play the next week. And that's, to me, what's so impressive about Joe Burrow and the Bengals. That's exactly right to me. And, you know, I have to pat myself on the back when the opportunity presents itself because uh, mm. thoroughly mediocre Dave has been riding a 500 heater all season long and sure. through the divisional round now. But I was right about that specifically. Joe Burrows and, and the Cincy offense against Baltimore, which got as healthy as it's been all season, was not a concern to me that they would play well, especially when they're having offensive line issues and all of that. The Bills kept saying it for the last six weeks. They are all Josh Allen and he is superhuman, but you know, the pressure I think got to him of like, you know, they always say play within yourself. Well, mm -hmm. he has the highest ceiling of anyone in pro football, probably Josh Allen, but it still ultimately is too much against a good team. You can do that. You can, you can carry the day and play hero ball against most teams in the regular season. But when the, when the competition ratchets, it ratchets itself up, there you go. You got it. You know, ratchets itself up. Yes. I mean, they, he got, he didn't get exposed. I think the takeaway is like, boy, Josh Allen isn't as good as those. No, the roster is not as good. And people want to excuse right, on Miller and otherwise, but it's like, Hey, the Bengals oh, offensive God. line was missing three of its pieces. I feel so, like you're using the same excuses that Dak, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys could use. So in other words, why didn't Josh Allen take as much as Dak Prescott, Martin? Because I, right. I felt like I don't, I don't understand machine. why I really yeah. don't. I really don't. And like, it, it's crazy to me because to me, you see Josh Allen have like a good playoff run and we're in which he beat the Mac Jones Patriots and lost to Patrick Mahomes and people mm -hmm. anointed him 
the face of the NFL. And I'm not saying that as a straw man argument. There was literally an, art, an article in The Athletic that came out three weeks ago in which it was like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen were co-named like the faces of the NFL. Mm. And I went crazy because I'm like, dog, I don't know if you missed it, but Joe Burrows beat both of these guys. Like, you know, it's like I get Mahomes, but Josh Allen's just not there. Let him do it first. But yeah, I, I don't understand why Josh Allen can throw the ball, you know, five yards out of bounds. Everybody's like, man, it's a perfect pass. You know, it's just if it if it just, you know, hooked in more. Like they there's more excuses made for Josh Allen than anybody. And I think it's it's the ultimate. He and Lamar Jackson are the two confirmation bias like hurt people out there. As soon as really? Lamar Jackson started being like started getting hurt and stuff like that. Everybody who before the draft was like, this guy can never make it. It's like, see, I told you so. And then everybody who before the draft, like I was one of the people who was like, yo, I don't understand why this guy from Wyoming is in the conversation with the rest of these four guys and Baker and all the rest of them. And it's proven to be better than a lot of them. But well, ultimately I, hasn't I, I just, been like this, this hall of people talk about Josh Allen. Like he's a hall of fame quarterback, which is insane. I think the whoa, question whoa, whoa, is, whoa, whoa. Uh, well, I think the question is, are you allowed to have a bad year, <laughs> right? And if you're not, then nobody's really a Hall of Famer, right? I think Shaq. Well, but, he, I mean, uh, Josh Allen had a good year. Like, the, the, the he really didn't. He, turned, last, he had 30 interceptions slash fumbles this year. So, uh, you no, know, I'm talking about the year 2020 was his good year. Sure. That yeah. was it. First two years weren't that. Uh, I don't know. He had a couple. I mean, I'd rather have Josh Allen than Dak Prescott because of the 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 running, and he hasn't gotten seriously injured as a result of it yet. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think they're comparable guys. I do think you guys are in a different reality or absorbing different media stuff than what I have because I think Josh Allen's getting a lot of crap. There's a lot of talk about like, oh, I I mean, it was clear these last two years. I kept talking about it that the Buffalo Bills roster is ripe. I kept using that same phrase. This is this is what this is their window right now. Going into this offseason now? I don't mm. know, man. What 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 what's what exactly is the vibe in Buffalo now? Like, yeah, we'll run it back and we'll get him next year. What you you've already shown last year. Okay, it was 13 seconds, but you didn't beat the Chiefs in the big spot last year. Yeah. And you didn't beat the Bengals now. And ju- and again, as people keep pointing to, and it's, hey, you know, you're, it's a team sport. It's not just the QBs. At that level, when your premise for winning is primarily on the guy who is uh, who's under center or in shotgun, right. as those three teams are, that's how they're built. There are other ways to skin the cat. What the Giants did, what the Eagles are doing, what a lot of teams out there, try, if you don't have that, but if you're being carried by your superhero QB and he loses to Burrow and Mahomes in big spots, like what's what's your cause for optimism next year? Next year will be the time he finally gets over the hump. I don't well, know, Willie. Mike Lombardi mentioned it, and you you talked about it how that this the skill position players are vastly overrated or or, or just it's not talked about for the Bills. You got Stefan Diggs, great, it's going to rank up there top three or four every year. Receiving his twenty, he's going to be thirty next year. Uh, they haven't figured out Gabriel Davis. He's he's feast or famine. They're signing guys like Cole Beasley, like week sixteen, week seventeen. So, and then you got a Devin Singletary who's good for you know. His over-under is going to be 850 yards next year when we, we go in. And that, you're going to be hard-pressed to take him over um, for rushing. So you're right. Offensively, he does have to carry that. You know, Dawson Knox is a nice player, but none of these guys are really – It's just too much. I mean, it's going to – you know, it's uh, as I said going into this, 
Maybe they'll get to the Super Bowl, at, yeah. but it's going to be all Josh Allen if they do. And he yeah. had a mediocre day against the Bungles in the snow. By the way, glorious to look at, right? Uh, well, I mean, that, also, if it was ever a commercial for screw these dome uh, neutral sites. Yes, they, yes. Amen to the Bungles for doing that and sticking one right. to the NFL. The football gods delivered an unambiguous message. Screw you and your dome in some neutral site for a title game. Shame the devil. But then the Cowboys and, and Niners also was lusty and beautiful. But we have to go back very quickly. Is you is it your assertion, Martin Weiss, that Josh Allen is not tracking to the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Wow. How about how say you, Sal? I gotta look at the numbers, and uh, I, I don't. I, I gotta say. I, I, I want to give him a pass for this year and the end of this year and everything and how it ended up, but I don't like You'd his get body intercepted language. if you gave him a pass. I don't like because <laughs> he throws a lot of. Interceptions. Oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Uh, I don't like his body language though this year though. I really don't like. Um, you can think this is stupid, but even when he's like running for six yards, he's dropping the ball almost as soon as he <laughs> hits the ground. I, right? No, I, I'm with you. I'm with. It, it's you. so weird. It's just like a weird thing to see. And uh, I, I I don't know. I, I feel like he could end up as a, a running version of Philip Rivers at some point. And who knows? Mm. Philip Rivers might be a Hall of Famer, too. Uh, he might be close. But I think he is tracking, though, I guess, if you look at his numbers, right? 30, well, they all can't go. They can't all go. Yeah. So let's I mean, assume Dak ain't going now, right? Wh- I mean, like which, at this which point. Which numbers exactly are we looking at for Josh Allen that says he's a Hall of Famer? All of his postseason success? Well, he's like, 26, so we're going to have to see eight or nine more years, right, of this? So I, I don't know, right, to, to get that. All right, but like, but we talk about a guy, a guy like Mahomes. Like a guy mm-hmm. like Mahomes, is, we're, that's who's tracking as a Hall of Famer because he's winning in the postseason. Joe Burrow currently, I would say, all right, mm-hmm. one Super Bowl already, five and one in the postseason. If you retire today, he's got the highest completion percentage in postseason history. All right, I can see we're tracking towards. But, like, what exactly are we pointing to but Josh Allen besides he's really, really fun to watch that makes him a hall of famer i think it's yeah well first of all you you left off uh kenny pickett he's tracking to the hall too but um <laughs> the uh ju- but i i mean like it's kind of funny because it goes to the conversation that i have rolling with sal hench simmons these guys of uh, of like i that my like you gotta see him to viscerally understand what they were in the sport that's yeah. what josh allen's all about to me he's who he is is as I, i've said for since he got to the league is if Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger had a baby, it's Josh Allen. Cam Newton ain't going to the hall of fame because the running wore him out too mm. early. But I it's when you watch Cam Newton at a certain time. And I argued at the time, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, geez, since he won that MVP in 2015, that he's going to the hall of fame. People say, blah, 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 blah. no, he's not. And I guess those, those cynics were right about him. So maybe yeah, you're right but, about well, how must they be doing? Cam Newton's got, got a league MVP. Those guys were right. I said they're right. I said they're right. But in the moment, it's hard to make an argument that that guy. Well, let, like, let's work back. One of the three best in the league right now. Let's like, work back. Has been for three, four years. He's got to be in the hall. Martin, if or he Martin. has, if he has nine Pro Bowl, whatever, maybe that doesn't mean anything to you. If he has nine Pro Bowls, he makes it to the Super Bowl twice and wins a division title eight times and puts up. You know, 35 and 10, 35 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, you got it. You got it. He's right there, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, that would that would that be a pretty much a vast departure from what he's done in his know. entire career? 
He's that what he got drafted in 2018. It's 2000, so it's five years ago. He's made the Pro Bowl twice, right? He's won. He's won the conference zero times. He's advanced past the division round once. What's that stat that's been floating around about how quarterbacks out of their first five, like quarterbacks and coaches, right. in the first five years or whatever? Like it's it's it the the, the bridge is too far gone. Josh Allen's not playing until 35. He's still 26. I mean, well, that's the answer right there, right? If he plays till 35, he's he's got the uh, shot for sure. Well, but. no, they, I, again, Pat and Dave on the back, and also Babyface Joel, because you know we've we've run those numbers, we've talked about it for a long time now. The sweet spot is that first five years. The numbers can't be denied. It's 50 percent of Super Bowl participants are on their rookie deals, and so and that's in the age of Tom Brady, by the way, too. Um, so that should warp things much more towards the veterans, but it does not 50% of these QBs, Josh Allen's now as of 2023, moving into that meteor part of his contract and it's going to diminish the roster. They, mm. What we just saw in this postseason, it's likely a harbinger of things to come in Buffalo. He's going to have to carry a lot of the load. And I, it made me think, I don't know how you do this. I'm obviously not a c- contract guy. You're a numbers guy, Sal. So I'll leave mm. it to you, but how do you do what the Chiefs just did? How do you move on from Diggs, who is the singular target, and kind of expand that? Because you just aren't going to be able to populate a bunch of stud right. receivers all around to correct and running back and all, to, to yeah. make things better for Josh Allen. You're not going to have the money to do it. I don't know how they do it. I'm not sure. But I will say it's ironic because jo- Josh Allen's – I think he cut, got – Cut some slack because the Bengals were so good. People want to compare Burrow to Allen, and and Bills fans are upset now because they're putting him up. But because Burrow was so good, it really didn't matter what the Bills did. They really got pushed around on defense. I don't know if it yes. was the Bengals going in there with a chip on their shoulder because they felt that game should have been in Cincinnati, or what, or if Joe Burrow was just phenomenal. If you look at his numbers in terms of um, releasing the ball quickest, he is the top player right there in the league in terms of getting it getting rid of it and his touchdown efficiency while getting rid of it in under two and a half seconds. So he's really smart. He knows what he was doing with the busted up offensive line. And also they just, they really did like shove him around. It was like 20 year olds playing teenagers in snow. It was weird to look at that aspect of it. Yes. That, that I I don't know what the hell happened to the bills that they got dominated by Mm -hmm. the storyline going in. Was it that, well, the Bengals, how are they going to compete with, uh, with three O linemen down? And as I kept saying, well, Joe Burrow overcame that a year ago. Why is he not going to do it again here? Tougher matchup going into Arrowhead this weekend on that front. That's a, that's an interesting story. That's their chance, right? Is to is for yes. them to heat up Burrow and and succeed where so many other teams just can't impact what Burrow's doing, throwing the ball by getting to him. You know who who did get to him week one? The Pittsburgh Steelers. You wonder like that's. I guess the kryptonite for any human being, including Burrow, is to actually get to him and get him mm. down to the ground. Otherwise, he's going to, spoiler alert, he's going to beat you with those three high-end pass catchers he's got. I think so, he's going to do it again in Arrowhead. I um, So I think my team was the third-worst playoff team this week. Um, I think the Bills were the second-worst. I'm sorry, Spaghetti. I think your Giants were the worst. I don't know if you'll give me pushback on it. But I do want to know, give us the story that was big. People are waiting to hear what happened with uh, the lovely Jada, who you proposed to last week, I don't know, about 10 days ago now? No, wait a minute. 10 or 5? 
What? Well, it, it, it's over hey. now because the Giants lost. So I took it back. I was just going um, yeah, to ask, are you still engaged? <laughs> looking for other options. Uh, it was tough doing that in front of our parents too, but they had to just deal yeah. with it. Um, yeah, no, I, I was completely right fine. Um, I've been saying this, that I, I needed to win. The Giants needed to win the game versus the Vikings because I think the Giants were on the level, if not better than the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm glad they did that. 4-1 season to a wild card round playoff victory. Can't ask for anything more. The Eagles, um, you know, I did pick the Bengals to be in the Super Bowl, to win the Super Bowl in this offseason. Uh, I may be switching my pick, um, or at least mm. I expect the Eagles. I think they may win. I think the Eagles are the best team. I think the Eagles are even more loaded on O-line and D-line than the 49ers are. I think Brock Purdy is going to have fits with how how good they are. How Their, their DBs did not give the Giants receivers an inch. They cannot separate. Um, obviously, the Giants are using practice squad guys. But um, I think the Eagles are really dominant. I really underestimated them. They are a, a, an awesome loaded team. And the Giants are just outclassed at every position. And um, that's fine. They're a flawed roster. And they got going from four wins to into the playoffs. I can't say anything more. Great season. You have the quarterback and the head coach of the future. A good foundation. Great GM. Uh, a lot of cap space. Um, so I'm excited for what's next. I think almost uh, I think most Giants fans are in the same uh, boat as you would uh, have the same kind of diatribe. But there were some that fell off of the Daniel Jones. It was almost 100 percent that he's your guy going into that game. I heard I feel like uh, 10 or 20 percent are Giants fans are now backing off a little bit. Any any quarterback, I mean, I just said Brock Purdy is going to look pretty pedestrian next week versus the that defense, yeah. and um, there's nothing to, that he could have done. The interior offensive line cannot block. Evan Neal's been pretty – he's been struggling all year long as a rookie. Um, and again, like I was saying, like when you have these practice squad receivers, they're not going to, they're not making plays, they're not creating separation. Uh, Hodgins, as good as he was, could not do that. And, and Slay and Bradbury had a great game. Uh, Jones barely even looked to Daniel Bellinger, who was like his safety blanket. Like they cannot get open. Obviously, you're not going to run the ball at Saquon when you're down four plus scores. So their offense, the, their game plan was really limited. And I, I'm not putting that on DJ whatsoever. He, he's proven more than enough that he, he is the guy for the job. And I just don't think at this point it makes sense to go get someone else like it you know if it's not broke don't fix it so dj's fine yeah uh i know you guys i i actually know you disagree with this because i heard you on minus three but i thought that fourth and eight i, I thought he screwed up all the fourth down calls table i thought it was one and because of what you're saying with the receivers who can't get separation and to me like the fourth and threes fourth and fours it's not an automatic go for it or don't go for it you have to consider everything you have to consider momentum and a fourth and eight coming off of a sack I don't know, man. I think I think you punt it there. And if you don't, why are you not going for it on fourth and five? How many possessions do you think you have when you're down 28-7 punting at fourth, fourth and five? You're right about the 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 late in-game one. 100% they should have went for it. I think the bad news started, you know, it, back in the Vikings game when you saw how they just ran down the field in the Giants uh, with ease, uh, like a hot knife through butter. That, to me, was like the Giants aren't going to make very many stops this postseason, depending on how long they're going to be in it. So when that first uh, fourth down play came and he went for it, I thought that was a smart move. You're not going to beat the Eagles team with field goals uh, or field goal attempts rather. And I, I don't, I don't, uh, to me, you have to score touchdowns. And I, I think being aggressive in the playoffs with the far less talented team, I, I think that was the way to go because if you convert it and you create points, then great. You have to gamble. That's what the playoffs are about. Again, like that team was just way too good and you're not going to win by getting three at a time. Yeah. All right, check. I feel like the Giants, Cowboys, same kind of thing. You 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 don't have Mahomes, you don't have Burrow, you don't have Allen, whatever you want to say. Um, and so 
you, you, you get stuck with Daniel Jones and you get stuck with Dak Prescott, whether you like it or not. And you can get lucky in the NFC. I think uh, that's right. You could, you could build a team like the Niners have where you do a mostly defense and then get lucky to make it to the big game or, or close to the big game. Um, I don't think you have that luxury in the AFC. Well, yeah, no, probably not. Um, but a lot of teams are going to try and divide, d- defy the logic that if you don't have one of those guys, you're doomed for the next decade. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not going to throw my hands in the air and start weeping about the the state of my team because they're good players in, in the league. couple of big takeaways as we are in the playoffs and look ahead to 2023. The ebb and flow of like what's true in the league changes, obviously, you know, over many eras. I think running the football is now coming back in vogue. Look at what the Niners are doing. Look what the Bills didn't do. Even with the bad offensive line, the Bungles were able to make some hay with Joe Mixon. That matter. That I mean, was the can, big surprise. That was you the can, you, you, surprise. I guess, yeah. again, you can get away. Like, I, I again, what Tom Brady and the Patriots did for 20 years, warp our thinking about all of football, throw them out of the window. There were a couple of postseasons at least where I think Tom Brady ran the ball or the team ran the ball a total of two times over four games, throw them mm-hmm. out the window right now though. Look, the Eagles can run the ball. They can move you. The Cowboys could not, especially once Tony Pollard went out, the bills never had that ability The even the Kansas city chiefs, we're able to run the ball a little bit on the Jags and they're going to need to continue to run the ball to survive yeah. the, these Bengals. I think that's the trend is like this thing about who your offensive coordinator is and his, his, his past designs, obviously important, but again, look at what the giants did this year. It all pivoted dimes is rise. will pivot off of Saquon finally having a healthy season. I, I think it pivoted off dimes running and it pivoted off right. Trevor Lawrence running and it pivoted off Dak Prescott running if it happens. And that's, that's why when those things didn't right. happen this past weekend, you're like, come on, let's design something for some of these guys. Some of those games are out of hand. So it didn't right. really matter, but, um, but I also yeah. think that the giants going forward, I don't understand Shane. I don't understand Joe Shane. I don't understand giants fans. And that I get, you want to keep dimes, but, I think Saquon, if you tag him as a running back, it shows the state of running backs, how how little money they're making. But I think to tag him is only like $10 million. What, why would you not tag Saquon Barkley? Is that what a what top five running back make? Is that, 10 or that 11 the... million, something like that. Yeah. Really? I'm right, Spaghetti? Do you know the numbers on that? I think that's accurate. Well, I think the I think you may be right, but I think the reason why the Giants may not use the tag for Saquon is because – not it's going to be another year trial for Daniel Jones, but I think maybe they want to tag Jones if he's asking for around 30 plus million anyway, that you can get the transition tag for like 32, I believe. And then it's like, then you get him a bunch of receivers and some O-line help and then see what he does. Then you give him the monster contract once he's fully solidified himself. That seems to be the new narrative, which is why the Giants would save that tag. I think it's a little more Shaq. Mixon is ninth at 12 million. So, uh, and Barkley's 8 million. Maybe um, well, okay. Well, it would so be probably the about time I'm wrong. Thing. It would yeah. be the third time in my life I'm wrong about. Well, that. whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know that you'll see a running back tag anytime soon. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I like the idea of a tag because it you know one year is not five. I mean five. Years. Right. Like, well, Jesus, he's going to be thir- he's going to be Zeke Elliott by year three or four oh, on that deal. That's a mess too. Martin oh. Eagles minus two and a half over the 49ers. You think that's fair? I thought it was going to be a, a healthy three at least. But this makes me think that, I mean, good Lord, can you imagine if they end up with Brock Purdy and Chad Henney in the Super Bowl? What is the league going to do? 
What is going to happen? <laughs> well, I can imagine Brock Purdy being in the Super Bowl. That's for sure. But I think that's also why this line. I I don't. I might be on an island. I think the 49ers defense I've, is better than the Eagles defense. Like I think that the 49ers are probably a better team minus quarterback. But that's hard to say because obviously quarterback is such an important mm-hmm. position on the team. But you know. One thing's for sure, the bullying, nobody looks as good or as bad as they were the week before, right? So the way the Bengals bullied the Bills around and the way the Eagles bullied the Giants around it, that I don't think that's going to rear its ugly head again this week. So that, that, that that's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Well, I would have liked to see the Eagles or the Giants make the Eagles throw the ball more and really test Jalen Holt's shirts hurts his shoulder. Like I don't, yeah. he, the, the times that he did throw, he was accurate, especially that first throw out the gate where right hitting Devontae Smith 40 yards. It was like, yeah, he didn't throw much. He didn't to. have to. Yeah, but exactly. I would have liked to see how it held up over a full game. And I don't think the 49ers, as we just saw, they knocked out one running back and Zeke is not very fast anymore. So, you know, he just kind of plods in general. Yeah, but that sucks. I'd like to see how they hold it up against Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. But yeah. That was, that was just one of those weird things, Spaghetti. When a team is running downhill and you got to, what are you going to do when a Kenneth Gainwall gets like, Gainwall gets, uh, what, 118 yards or something crazy? Um, yeah, ugly to watch, but I'd much rather lose the way Spaghetti did than invest like three and a half hours into a game where, which I knew we were going to lose, but uh, still had to stay in there as a real fan. Just sucks. Just sucks. Can't oh, there be poor something thing. else? It's 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 terrible. And you know what's funny? In the here and now, the divisional round feels like everything. But three mm. years from now, the divisional round participants who lost will be like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, well, that team made it to the division. It won't feel as special that you even got to there. So that's a bummer, too. Um, right. The big question is, though, within your division, the NFC East, and we were talking about this with Costos and Spaghetti again on minus three, is um, – Whose future do you like? That's what I'm talking about with the Cowboys and Bills. Boy, I would not be excited to be a fan of either one of those teams. Well, Mine, I, unless question. they make some changes now. Unless I mean, I'd rather be the Giants because at least you have the rule is as you know as lame as it is, and we talk about QBs and all that. Offensive line, like the line of scrimmage, is massively important and always is. And there was a time 10 or 15 years ago where Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Russell Wilson could negate a lousy offensive line. They could thrive mm. even though they had bad offensive lines. Now zero guys can. If you like Joe Burrow showed indications a year ago that he could, but he eventually hit his ceiling with with Aaron Donald. But for the most part, like look how the Giants are built now. They're in good shape because they have both of those tackles locked up to I uh, guys tracking. I talked to guys who know about blocking like Jeff Schwartz. They'll tell you those are two good tackles that they now have in place there. And Philly and San Francisco, this should be – I, I wish John Madden and Pat Summerall could call this title game because this is one that they were all slobber knocker. Right. He's got the grime on his helmet. This is one uh, Madden would have swooned over because – they're gonna sure. they're gonna beat the hell out of each other and I want to uh trenches. Well, I, I did have that question written down, Martin. Of the four teams that lost Buffalo, Dallas, Giants, and Jags, who would you rather be for next year or the next couple of years? Um, and I think a lot of people are saying the Giants, and a lot of people are saying the Jaguars. I mean, they spent 260, 260 million the offseason, and they won the AFC South and they won a playoff game, and they really could have controlled that game. They they didn't pick up where they didn't take advantage of the lag at the end of the second quarter and the beginning of the third quarter, which is when they had to 
really, they really had to step up against the Chiefs and they didn't. Um, anyway, maybe I feel like they're a couple of years away, maybe, but I don't, I still think you have to be, I wouldn't want to be an AFC team. I wouldn't want to be Lawrence. I wouldn't want to be Herbert. You still got those monster threesome uh, right there that you have to overtake. Yeah, but it's not that like, but it's not, it's not that because here's the thing. If you're Jacksonville, you got to feel good about walking into the playoffs for the next three, four years straight. When you look around Tennessee's they kind of been, in, you know, they, so you feel good about winning the division. If you win the division, as Tom Brady showed us, mm-hmm. hell, depending on how well you win it, you might only have to win two, three games to go to the Super Bowl, right? Like, you know, you get, you get that first round by and boom, you win a game. Now it's a coin flip depending on who's going. So, um, in terms of being ahead of schedule, that's why like making the dance is so important. Just being in the playoffs is so important. Qualifying for that mm-hmm. last spot, if you know, obviously it didn't work out, but the Giants were a game away from the conference championship, right? Like that's something that is, is, is something. To Let's say a game out. and a half because they really didn't. It really wasn't a game, but I mean, I hear what you. But I'm yeah. on paper. It's still kind of crazy to think when you look just even at that team all year, right? You mm-hmm. know, especially when you think about the years prior. So I would feel in order probably. I'd rather be a Jacksonville fan than a Giants fan because I think the Giants lost just well enough to realize that Daniel Jones is not going to be your long-term guy, but he can mm. be your guy for right now. So I think that's why you got a transitional tagging and build a roster, and then you go get a guy, right? Uh, go get a guy. And, and then so you're boom, putting the Cowboys third level. and the Bills fourth? or the Cowboys, I'm putting the, the Cowboys third and oh, the Bills wow. fourth. Oh, but wow. the thing oh, about the Cowboys – the thing about the Cowboys that that yeah. that is just I don't get is like they keep talking about Dak and Kirk Cousins and Dak makes fifty million dollars a year. It's like well, Kirk Cousins famously had the first fully guaranteed contract in the league, right? Yeah. And around him is Dalvin Cook, the backup Madison. They yeah. trade for T.J. Hawkinson. They got Justin Jefferson, like. I get By that. By the Dak way, is- Brock Purdy has better weapons than everybody else, too. He really does. Exactly. When that guy Jennings is streaking across the field, uh, is a fifth option, and they put him in field goal range. Like, that's all you need to know about that team and not a, that offense, too. But check. Well, right. I, I think you and well, that's that's rough putting the Bills forth, I will say. A team that's probably going to win the division uh, if everything shakes out most of the next decade. But, uh, Shaq, you and Eddie would both say the Giants. You'd rather be the Giants than the Cowboys. Not me. No, no, no. no. I, I okay. want the guy. I want the stud QB because the um that Who's is that? the baseline <laughs> to be. Now I'm confused. Who's relevant. the stud? Who's the stud? The QB? Trevor Lawrence. The the, oh, the baseline. Oh, okay. The baseline for. I just meant between those two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Bills over Cowboys for me okay. because I I I like Josh Allen more than apparently some other people do. I didn't know that he was uh, he was so mediocre or like mm-hmm. uh, overrated apparently. But um, I think that I do think there's some real concerns in both those towns. I'll go with the Jags though because again, John Trevor Lawrence is just through year two. You got the sweet spot. The window is open for three more years. Calvin Ridley, for what that matters, comes back to them next yeah. year to join. Christian Kirk and those interesting pieces that they've assembled in Duval County. So I guess I would take them and, uh, you know, dimes is fine. Dimes obviously can get you to the playoffs. I don't see him as a guy who keeps you 
in perpetual playoff contention by himself. There are some guys who rise to that level. He's not Spaghetti. one of those guys. I think Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be that guy. I mean, it's not a knock on dimes. Trevor Lawrence was heralded as, you know, can't miss guy for, you know, for five years before he even got drafted. They got, um, we laughed at the Christian Kirks and some of those signings, but those guys panned out. They did, they did well for the Jags, but, but I kind of see them a middling team as, uh, as they're going to be for a few. I don't know. I just, it's just too big a hump with Mahomes and, and Burrow to get to that conference well, championship all, and beyond, but we'll, we'll see that. That's well, why you I guys are talking you guys, out of that. You guys are, I, I agree with that. And I think that, I think the team that this buzz is gathering some momentum. Lamar Jackson to the Atlanta Falcons. This makes sense for everybody, for all parties. That'd be this will fun. be Gangbusters reboot. It'll be great. It'll fill that stadium. They'll be better in a bum division. I do go back, though, very quickly. The Jags, the assumption, well, they should be the favorite for the next decade. I don't know. Houston Texans are going to get one of those QBs. And if he's no, a we'll hit, then now we have a good. We'll say, now it can't just be all pedigree. It can't be this guy was supposed to be his grade in college and they're going to be great. Like, we got to, well, we got to say Colts, something. We got Colts see and Texans. Colts and Texans are going to have, you would assume, right? Some, you know, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Will Levis. And if both those guys hit, now all of a sudden we got a fancy QB division in the AFC South. Spaghetti, you'd rather be the Giants than the Cowboys moving on? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, the I, I'm still pretty pro Dak. I know he had the trouble with the interceptions, but it wouldn't be fair of me to judge him on that. Obviously, dealing with Daniel Jones's turnovers uh, and the the Cowboys roster is still pretty loaded. They did finish ahead of the Giants, and I think you know they're that, young too. They're the youngest team in in football. Right, people don't know that, and yeah. I think it's going to probably trend that way. Where the Giants are going to have to just deal with the Eagles and the Cowboys probably finishing right near them or above them. So um, I, I do think that yeah. that roster is better. The Giants need to add a lot on the interior O line. Need to add an entire linebacking core, probably some DBs, and then obviously receivers. So they have some holes to fill. Um, in terms of the Jags, though. You know, it's just funny how a one week changes people's opinions. If we ask this question after the Vikings game, everyone's like, oh, the Giants are going to be great. Dion Jones is going to be great. If the mm. Jaguars play any team but the Chargers and they finish their season with a Trevor Lawrence four interception game, they got blown out by multiple scores. You're not going to feel so hot about them. So how about uh, if they call that Dobbs play how they really should have with, with, with his arm going forward? They, they don't even get out of the division. But right. yeah, that's how that's how uh, close of geez. I'm just thinking like the Eagles. They have the 10 pick overall and somewhere between 29 and 32. Oh my God. But it's also what's what the roster that feels ascendant in terms of pieces. I don't think the Jags individually in their front seven defensively or Trevor yeah. Lawrence ha, ha, or ETN for, you know, I don't mm. think those guys have, have hit their individual ceilings yet. That's the difference to me. I know that the giants, like I say, have a lot of nice pieces on both sides of the line of scrimmage mm -hmm. as well, that are young as well. They're still going to get better. All right, what listen, let's Cowboys take a break. The worst GM of the four. Who is? Or three teams. I think the Cowboys have the worst GM. Like I get the Cowboys are young. What's his name? Like <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's the big problem. Like everybody talks about like if, 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 if the Minnesota offense played in Dallas and you just swap Kirk Cousins for Dak Prescott, we'd be talking about how the Cowboys are in the play in the conference championship right now. I don't know. I, don't I know. absolutely. I, I don't know. So. We're just we we lose in such stupid ways. I, I don't even know anymore what a GM could do. Uh, what, well, what does a GM I mean, do about too, like, a kicker who forgets how to kick all of a sudden? Like I'm not. I just know who's interviewing. Who keeps interviewing Kellen Moore to be their head coach? Like I will. That's like, a great question. Like, what is what is he doing? <laughs> 
Like that Panthers he, got him today. All yeah. he does is call the offensive play calls for the Dallas. I don't see anything particularly mm-hmm. impressive. Like when you sit there and watch games, you can see coordinators who are scheming. You can see Shanahan's influence on an offense. Like when I look at the Dallas Cowboys, if four doesn't get it done, it's not going to get done. And everybody's like, oh, Look at Dak. Yeah. He can't get it done. It's like, well, no kidding, because he's like the 10th best quarterback in the league. He's not Mahomes. But if yeah. you can win a whole lot of games with the 10th best quarterback in the league, if you surround him with some talent. I was saying When are we, earlier. by the way, the yeah. answer, Sal, when are you when when is Sean Payton moving to Big D already? What are we waiting on here? Nah, this is I, I mean, based on McCarthy? what based this on what? What would what what do we have to see out of Jerry Jones to think that he's gonna make a sudden hasty move? If the guy thinks he's gonna live to 130 years old, or uh, it must be something like that, because he's not, you know, he's not rushing to make any moves that he should. Yeah. And McCarthy won what 25 games in two years? That's way better than Jason Garrett. Uh it's, he's gonna give him so, so much more you, uh so it really is gonna stay that way. I just thought because yeah. the story has been for a decade at least that oh Sean Payton really wants that cowboys job and Jer wants Sean Payton. And after the last two years, okay, again, you hit your ceiling, Cowboys. The the evidence is in. The San Francisco 49ers <laughs> are not going to vanish. for 20 years. It's been in forever. I know, but specifically right now, that roster, you're going to meet the San Francisco 49ers on occasion in January. Mm. Now the evidence is in. You ain't going to beat them. Now you have Listen, to make a change. You can't run it back this way again, right? I feel like we've had better teams with Dave Campo and Jason Garrett, and he just let it go. And just, uh, I, I'm not sure. I don't. I mean, that's one thing I'll say from terms of uh, Jerry as a GM. I think uh, Martin's right. Not quick to make big changes up top, and uh, that's going to hurt the Cowboys. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Wow, we've gone almost an hour not taking a break. Let's take a break, and then we'll be back with Martin's meatheads, although I think we've mentioned almost all of them. Interested to see what Martin has on the other side of the break. Have you been betting with the Caesar Sportsbook and Casino app? If so, keep it up because every bet earns with Caesar's rewards. That means win or lose, you're getting closer to amazing perks like game tickets, free stays, bonuses, and more. And if not, well, when you get started, your first bet is on Caesars. Register with promo code Omaha Full and place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, congrats. If you don't, You'll get your stake back as a free bet. 21 years plus only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 or more wager only must register with an eligible promo code Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bet credit, $1,250 must be used within 14 days of receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call one 800 bets off Louisiana call 1-877-770-STOP. License through Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Martin, your meatheads for um, divisional round week, or it doesn't have to do with football or anything in the sports world or anything in your world. So I tried to pick from uh, a list of winners. Everybody, like everybody's picking on the losers. So I'm trying to pick from like winners who I didn't love this week. But mm-hmm. the first one is your boy, Tony Romo. It was so egregious, and I don't like when people do this to me whenever it's one of the people that I know personally does something on national television. Everybody's like, why did they just do that? Like, you were there and you had any influence. But when he said that Josh Allen threw a perfect pass and the replay showed the equipment manager catching the ball out of bounds, I had to be like, I texted you, I had to say, I just wish that I could find somebody in my life who loves me like Tony Romo Loves it, Josh. I Allen. know, but he did it for Burrow, too. Now, look, these guys do it. This is what Collinsworth, they they have to make you feel like you're watching the greatest event of all time. And sometimes they overdo it. But, uh, you know, it's like when you're at a restaurant, the, the waiter's constantly coming by telling you how much you like uh, what you're eating without even saying it, without even asking you. But go ahead. All right. Tony Romo, me dead. So the second one, Nick Sirianni. In his post, that one did not go over, Martin. Know your audience. (laughs) I mean, hey, listen, I'm here to to speak the truth, man. Look, maybe Sal wants it to feel meanwhile, he was right about Mahomes. He was right about Mahomes, and no one wants to give him credit. Like, this guy's going to be on crutches uh, for the next three days. Go ahead. So, uh, was Nick Sirianni right when he said that Jalen Hurts was like having Michael Jordan on the field? Jalen Hurts (laughs) with his one career postseason win, yeah. Like, I, I just you know, it's just, just just take an inch, man. You don't need to take the whole mile. But right. then speaking of not needing to take the whole mile, Eli Apple, after winning the divisional round game, smoking a cigar in the locker room during his postgame press conference, yeah, was something that as someone who has heavily invested in the Bengals to continue on and hopefully raise actual hardware this season mm-hmm. gave me big level concern. Mr. Eli Apple himself, Mr. Never seen a double move. He doesn't want to bite on biting on the end of a cigar. Uh, and then the and, controversial Instagram <laughs> post, right. With the prayer hands and everything. Like uh, now that people are reading into that. I want to talk about that in a second too. I right, check out of those meatheads. Who do you think? Uh, well, I'm going to have to go off the board here. Oh, and I'm going to go. You scared to pick Romo. You scared him to pick Romo. Well, so. Take Romo. I don't no, care. I don't, it feels like this. <laughs> I love that. I love to talk about the hyperbole of the broadcasters, but I, I didn't catch it there. I think the, um, I mean, you talk about hyperbole. The announcement, like coming off of the game in Arrowhead, was like, we talk about his talent, but number one on the list is Patrick Mahomes is tough. Like, 
okay, he's tough, but that's not number one on the list. I don't mm-hmm. that, that's what we're going to remember about Patrick Mahomes is his toughness. I think not. Right. I think we'll have other uh, superlatives that we use to describe him. I'm going to go with, just because I mentioned it at the top, I guess it's a McCarthy thing. He should have tried that field goal. when they, You know, at that point, the game is you you can get back on track if Maher makes a field goal from 50 there. All's right. And, and then he, I'm kind of feeling They got the first by, down. They got the, how, well, how is this? A no, they didn't. Move? They went, no, no, no. They Which punted. They went fourth and four. Oh, well, no, no, no. So in the way. second That's quarter. A, okay. Yeah. I, second quarter, they line up fourth and four. I think they're trying to bait them into an offsides, or maybe they're looking to see what San Francisco is doing on defense. They don't like, like what they see. And so, yeah. They take the penalty and punt the ball. Fourth and nine, right. And I feel valid, right, fourth and nine, they punt after the five-yard penalty. I think if you try the field goal there, and I'm validated by the fact that then they do go with Maher, and he does make Mm. a 40-something yarder. So if he makes that field goal, the rest of that game flows. So that's a a, a kind of tepid. uh, All right. Well, listen, I I mean, you, you don't get worse luck than what happened in the last minute and a half the Cowboys uh, right there in the, in the first half. So they do go for it. This is a different sequence I'm talking about. Um, and then they get to second and two with like a minute 20 left. So if they get a first down, they don't have to worry about the Niners scoring on them at least, right? They're going to bleed right. out the rest of the half. No. So Pollard gets hurt. Dak throws a terrible interception. Purdy starts up the offense. Shanahan, big brain fart here, takes about 28 seconds before he calls a timeout. Purdy's next throw is tipped. I think uh, I think Parsons got a piece of it or something coming in. Should have been intercepted. And somehow they come out with a field goal. Like, that was it. That was the hammer right there, that we end up minus three, coincidentally, on that uh, exchange. That was uh, really nuts. And, um, I mean, aside from the face mask catch and everything else, a lot of things went the uh, 49ers way, but the Cowboys deserve to lose. Now, uh, let's talk about this DeMar Hamlin conspiracy for just one second. Speaking of meatheads, not DeMar Hamlin, but a lot of the conspiracy. First of all, there's different levels, right? Um, there are some people saying he is not alive and that there's a body double there. And that, to me, would have to be that's amongst the most ridiculous theories we we could put out there. I don't even want to spend time on it, except that it's getting some buzz. You know, it's like for the bills and the family and the friends and everyone to co- cover this up in the NFL. Please, let's let's not even consider that. The body double thing. I, I don't know. Was is this the snow fake too, Shaq? Because the snow. I think what everyone's talking about is that shot of. Hatman in the suite where he's right. He's making the signal and the snow is over it and you can't see his face. But is that what most people were saying was the body double? I don't, I, I don't know. Sal. I don't know what the hell goes on. I mean, it's, in, it's insane. And also a big question generally that I have for the conspiracy theories is, you know, it's the sort of like uh, the, the criminal level, you know, better than I do, but like motive, what, you know, yeah. is the NFL that, that eager to pay off a feel good story that they would, that they would fake Damar Hamlin being in the stadium to what end there are other ways to, to achieve, you know, that sentiment without, without, I mean, it, it's so crazy. It's, it's what, it's, it's what I've, what you and I have talked about previously, Sal in the 21st century, even more so than the preceding millennium human mm. beings, part of the human condition is everybody's got to feel essential. Everybody mm is the star of their own movie. A shortcut to relevance is to doubt fact. 
Oh, no, I know better than you. The sheep, if you're accepting what the mm-hmm. mainstream media is telling you, I know better. I'm a citizen journalist. This loco crap obviously is, is way is out of barn and way out of hand. And I, I doubt what is empirically true mm-hmm. is not true. I don't believe my eyes, and we can blame cult culprits who brought this to the fore in our society, but it's gross, it's weird. And it also makes me laugh. Well, yes. And to your point, what does the acknowledgement in the booth, the the, the luxury suite, um, bring us more than the thumbs up from the hospital bed, which we already saw, right? So what 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 value is there? His and that, family's Martin, all in on it too. Is that there? Yeah, all everybody in would have to be in on it. Martin, what do you think? The line of this? for the next five decades on this. See, one? This is what I want to. I want to. I'll take this moment to educate some people on conspiracy theories in general. As somebody who is a journalist, right? I'm big into like believing in the conspiracy theory, but it's to what end? And then also, who are the people putting this in charge? Like, I would posit most of the people who are like, oh, the government's trying to control you. When's the last time you had to go get a driver's license or mail something through the U.S. Postal Service? You think Mm -hmm. that same entity is the one that is going to be able to mass control what you have going on? So you mean to tell me that this league, the NFL, with millions of cameras that still can't determine whether or not a catch is a catch? Right. Or a hit in the head is a hit in the head. It's supposed to be orchestrating this mass uh, uh, disguise in front of 60,000 people. It's it's, it's patently ridiculous. And I and the people who believe it and I just tell why? Why would you look and see that? What makes you think that these humans have the capability to pull this type of thing off? All right. Well, listen, luckily, we don't have to look too far to find one of these uh, conspiracies Uh, at our own Eddie Spaghetti. Oh, stop. Stop. I'm just my only my greatest ability is to just be able to read uh, both sides of any kind of topic and not, you know, immediately cry like, you know, some people are doing on this. But I me and I was talking to Megan Gailey about this, the 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 post they made of this or every single reply is like can't see him is that a body double and i just my point is obviously demar hamlin's alive he posted on twitter he posted on instagram that's not what i'm saying they just botched him showing up it could have been done yeah, way better i do agree with that it's just why leave it up to any weirdness any strangeness like yes. all you have to do is like have him do a quick interview if like just be like hey demar you're gonna be on camera just pop off that mask and hood for a second just and wave to the crowd like if he's already accepting uh, that he's going to go to the game. Uh, to me, it was like, yeah, him taking a really far away shot with the snow. Every picture or video of him leaving or 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 exiting, uh, or sorry, entering or exiting the stadium is like behind security guards, and he has a hood and mask on, and it just everything is blocked. And we're in you know a society today where people are going to question that kind of stuff, and people as it is don't love the NFL despite watching it because of various issues gone going. And uh, mm. I, I just feel like anyone's looking to crush the NFL, and I just feel like the Bills could have done a little bit better of a job with. All him. right, well, all right. I'll- I'll give you that. Well, first of all, he doesn't owe anyone anything. He doesn't need to talk. He doesn't need to whatever. That's that's let's start there. But secondly, he does seem to be leaning into it a little bit. You know, if if you want to, if you if this does bother him, uh, which apparently it doesn't show your face at the game. Don't don't like uh, as far as the interview goes, I was thinking like his vocal cords could have taken like a real some real trauma over the last couple of weeks. Right. So um, he could be saving it for Oprah, but I want to give him the benefit of the doubt here in terms of giving it a, an immediate 
interview, uh, you know, and not being 100% or even 50% up for it. But yeah, we would like to see, again, oh, he doesn't know us anything. I would have been more in on the conspiracy theory if it had been like, I don't like 65 degrees outside and he still had the push ice ski mask, like the uh, the new, you know, the, the right. one that's the, the only, uh, the eyes only yeah, ski yeah. mask. But it was freaking freezing cold outside. It was snow everywhere. So I would I would have my face and my hood up too. It's it's freezing outside. I, I for the record, I don't know if spaghetti is going at me saying like cry about this. No, as I always say, First Amendment, I am the as big a supporter as there is because Not everybody's me. allowed. Everybody's allowed to say whatever <laughs> they want, and I'm allowed to laugh at those bad opinions. I'm not angry at them. I think they're insane. Um and you know, you talk about like, well, they could have made it better. They could have made it easier and more like, no, no. Conspiracy theorists are damaging our society. And mm. part of that is not giving them an inch like, well, you could have made it clear to them. No. What what normal, rational human being entertains thoughts like maybe that's a body double. That is just loco stuff. <laughs> we live in the 21st century. It's the year of the Lord. Twenty twenty three. Everything is not to be called into question to give people relevance. People float that crap like, I don't see his face. So now I doubt it. And now we're off and running with another loco waste of time conspiracy theory. All right, baby face. Let's let's put a cap on this. Let's uh, inject some logic into this conversation. Look, I mean, if my team was down 17, I'd be hiding my face, too. So, yeah, that's uh... true. That's true, too. All right. Let's take a uh, quick break. It's, it's, it's We're just never going to know with this stuff. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back for our play of the day for Tuesday. All right, play of the day. I had a nice one last night. Virginia Tech minus two and a half, tied with 12 seconds left. They score. Duke misses. They foul. My Hokie goes to the line, makes one out of two. They're up three. Time runs out. Uh, one for the good guys. Makes you feel good about betting. But tonight, Iowa State minus five over Kansas State. It's a fishy line. It's a rat line, as John Jastrzemski, our friend, would call it. Mm. Um they, uh, I mean, Kansas State is ranked higher. Iowa State's coming off a loss. Kansas State has covered a bunch. Uh, Iowa State covered six in a row before losing by a point to Oklahoma State. They are 10-0 and 0 at home, the Cyclones are. Sheck, they have a player named Osun Osuniyi. Pretty good. 15.7 boards uh, in the loss the other day. Again, another fishy high line, especially considering Caleb Grill. Their star may not play for Iowa State. I like it even more, though. Cyclones eighth in the nation defensively. They force turnovers. T.J. Otzelberger, Cyclones win it 83-73 tonight in Ames. Martin Weiss, play of the day. Taking Donovan Mitchell over four and a half total assists. That's sitting right now. Plus 110 at Caesars. He should be back in the lineup tonight. And in every game he's played in January, but two. He's gone yeah. over four. He's gone over five assists, or at least, had at least five assists. So the most recent one, the sixteenth, he had none. But I think he didn't even play, only played twenty two minutes that game. And then the last time he's had less than a uh, five assists was the eighth. So I, I I like him to go over this number if he's out there. All right, Shaq. Sal's got some Stockholm syndrome, low grade. Did you notice he just picked the Cyclones? We played there, Brock Purdy. That's oh, it. you're right. That's right. There you go. It's Harry's the week team. of Iowa yeah. State. Uh, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tip of the hat to him um, from way back. Uh, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Penguins on the money line against the visiting Florida Panthers. No, and I'm going to same game parlay that with a goal by number 87, Sidney Crosby. 
Um, mm. Sidney Crosby has not been at his best since the Christmas break. He looked real good, though, against the Devils the other night. Um, Spaghetti's Rags um, did a number on the Panthers. Last night, the pen should be relatively fresh. And also, the huge detail, they have Jeff Petrie back. Now they're getting Chris Letang back. Those are their two best defensemen. So that looms large for the Pens to turn it around against a tired Florida team. I do want to shout out to Spaghetti and Meatballs, though, because I started to tweet it at him last night. We don't talk enough about the Florida Panthers uniforms. Those things are nice. I think we do. I feel like we do. Very nice uniforms. And I think I am... People don't talk about it, but I'm courageous enough to step up and shout it. Those are nice uniforms. Congratulations. <laughs> so is that on the same game parlay? The uniform? Yes. You can't put uniforms on a parlay. All right. Uh, Martin Weiss, Lemon Pepper Parlay coming up this week. You and Will Blackman. You're going to pick yep. these games. You're going to pick the hell out of these games, right? Well, we'll see how Will does picking these games. I had my first losing week in a while. This, I Martin mean, I, was, uh, you were one in three? Where yeah, are one you? and three, one and three. Uh, I was I one mean, and three. Eddie the back door in Kansas Jelly. City. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, well, that I one. I drank that the Giants Kool Aid. It was a mm. yeah. It was. But wait a minute. Joe, I thought I had I had to be two and two, right? I had Cincinnati for sure, and I thought I had Jacksonville. All right, whatever. Uh, Shaq, you were two and two, but brother Bry is in first. Hanch really blew it. Zero oh and four. Wow. Terrible, terrible showing. Not in the heat. Yeah. Another Dak Prescott level performance out of uh, yeah. Kevin Hench. Yeah. We'll talk. We talked to Nick Costos. Great stuff from him, but uh, we'll get Kevin Hench's thoughts on all things going. I suspect he's going to have an opinion on this Shannon Sharp. No. Courtside thing. <laughs> um, and beyond what was weird is though, wild card round, everything went over, right? But save one game. They all went under. Did they all oh, go, they all went under? Week. They were four unders, right? Uh, the Giants. No, went the Chiefs. No, the only one that right. The only one that went. I was over four on the totals. That's what it was. Chiefs and Jags went over. The other three. No, went that under. went under. That was twenty-seven twenty. The over under was fifty-two. Philly was thirty-eight seven. No, over all four. So all four went under. That all sorry, four yeah, went right. under. And the Monday Dallas Tampa went under. All right, uh, that'll do it. Listen to. Uh, Minus three. Listen to Lemon Pepper Par. Listen against all odds. Megan Fun of Sports, Waiver Wired, Covered in Glory, all here, all available on the Extra Points Podcast Network. I want to remind everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. <laughs> <laughs>